think all moms have mom guilt, but you are not at an advantage when you become a parent and you already have all the Catholic guilt stuff. Oh, it's, I it's, no, I'm not going to do anything right as far as my psyche is concerned. We're done. No, it's the worst. I've accepted it. And they get hurt and all, you know, and you accidentally hit their head on a doorframe and it's like, I am the worst human in the universe. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Steph. Here we go. Welcome to being back as a Catholic. Just drop us right back into that Catholic shame guilt spiral. No, no, it's not all of that. No. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed. A podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we're launching season two. We are. We're back. Hello. We missed you. We missed you all, listeners, and I miss talking to you every two weeks, Steph. I know. It's been weird this summer. So much Catholic things I wanted to share. Oh my gosh. I know. And then I was like, do I text you about the Catholic things? Do we do we hold on to it until we can talk? I'm sure you have more than I do because I also like went completely off grid for You've a been bit. a little busy. Well, You've been a yeah. little busy. Before we get into that, a reminder to listeners that we love to hear from you. You can find us on social at Laps Podcast, that we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We also have our website, lapspodcast.com. You can email us there and you can also call us at 505-6-LAPSED. So please do that. We love to hear from you. I love that we have a phone number that makes me feel very successful for some reason. <laughs> it's like a very like 80s baby thing. Yes, that's like, what it is. Like, I have a, my own phone number. That feels mm -hmm. important. We guys got call waiting. <laughs> yeah. So Steph, how was your summer? <laughs> oh, it was monumental. Um, I have a baby. You have a baby. Outside of my body. <laughs> right. And I have his adorable birth announcement photo on my refrigerator, Aww. and he's super cute. How are Thanks. you doing? We're doing okay. Um, our Xavier is his name. Xavier. Xavier, which is, I think, just Catholic enough. I was going to ask you about this. It's like a nod. I think of that <laughs> as a very Catholic name, and it's a very <laughs> Jesuit name. It is. Ignatius and, and Xavier were the two, the two Jesuits, right? I think the, I think? as far as I know. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny because even in our family, people saw the name and they're like, how are you pronouncing it? I'm like the same way you pronounce Francis Xavier. What do you mean? Yeah. Like there's only one Catholic way to pronounce it. <laughs> some of my friends are like, is it Javier? Is it Xavier? Oh, Xavier. I've heard some people say Xavier, like just the Z and then some people. Yeah. Are, but but as far as I always Xavier. knew, Francis Xavier was Xavier. So that's where we're going. And yeah. There, I mean, I'm sure there's in the back of my head, there's a little bit of Francis Xavier. There's a little Professor X of the X-Men um, mingled in it. there. And, you know, I actually, there's a little bit of a, I don't know if you did uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. I am a child of the 80s. I had like one Cabbage Patch Kid, but I don't I don't know the Xavier connection, no. 
this is when I first fell in love with the name is because Xavier's stitched on all their little butts, all their oh, little tushies. Oh, oh my gosh. That's adorable. He's the gardener that grows. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember they had something on their butts. Yeah. And then oh, um, when I grew up, I found out that it was an artist that first started making it. His name was Xavier. Hmm. I don't know. I always liked the way it looked. I loved, like, I would trace the name. I liked the way it looked. And I've lo- so I've loved that name since then. I love that. I love the mm-hmm. idea of going back to something that, um, from childhood. It's been oh, great. I love it. Yeah. So I'm just adjusting to life without sleep. And I mean, I wasn't an insomniac before, so I understand yeah. this feeling, but it's, ooh, it's relentless. There's no, like, taking a pill and being done with it for no. a day or taking a break relentless is the word that I remember using um yeah there's no breaks no particularly if I'm breastfeeding yeah you're breastfeeding I was gonna say I'm so currently you're the only one <laughs> right now uh, alive and in person uh yeah so you're like the only one who can yeah I don't know I remember that being such a shock to the system and I didn't you have mm-hmm. like siblings with kids I also feel like I don't have any older siblings I was the first of my cousins to have a kid. I None of my friends, none of my close friends had kids yet. So I hadn't really been around someone with a newborn where I would have just been like hanging around, you know, like not just in a bring the present kind of way, but in a I'm seeing sort of the exhausted part of this part of life. Yeah. I don't think I really understood the level of nonstop that it was until I was in it. I don't think you can until you're no. No matter how you're like, oh yeah, you look tired, I guess. But yeah. like, there was one day I was fully crying. My husband went somewhere and came back, and I was like, I just want you to have a turn. Like, I just yeah. like he asked if he could do something. I'm like, you breastfeed for a day. I just need one day off. <laughs> yeah, and it never stops. And you don't get a day off. It's you don't. Wild. You never go to sleep and think I know how long I'm going to be able to sleep. Nope, never, ever. <laughs> I mean, it will come, Steph, in a couple months I, even. You will whew. start to be able to rely on stretches of sleep. That would be amazing. But man, no, I remember. I also remember, I think my husband said like or very early on in the first early days where he was like, oh, he's like he realized in his head he was kind of like, all right, little buddy, well, let's get you back to your parents. And it was like, oh, we're the parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've been an aunt for such a long time and there's so right. many little awesome humans, but I'm used to being like, okay. We're Hand done here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I, I still me now. Okay, all right. Oh man, <sighs> so I'm learning a lot about myself <laughs> in my marriage and uh, parenthood. So it's been informative to say the least. <laughs> it's a lot. It's been a lot, but it's from where I'm sitting. You're doing amazing. Well, thank so, you. I mean, you're doing this. You're you're doing a podcast while taking care of a baby. Who would have thought? Yep. No idea. Literally simultaneously. <laughs> I remember, I not right away having to think about it, but like, you know, we've talked about how our, our thoughts may be about like the Catholic Church's views on family planning overall. Basically, their, their doctrine that you should just have as many babies as possible. Right. I mean, we've talked about that and thinking about that, like even after being pregnant, but I do feel like it hit me differently once I thought about that and had had like an infant. All child. <laughs> Yeah, one, let alone, you know, as many as one might have if they never used birth control. There was a moment, like one of the more painful moments of labor. I think like his head was right there. I started thinking to myself, like my grandmother did this 12 times. Yeah. 12 times. I'm 
I'm guessing it gets a little bit easier. I don't know. You expect more or it becomes less of it. I don't know. I will never know. There's nothing. Nope. Not a thing that's going to happen. I will never know what it's like to do this 12 times. Nope. Me neither. I, and I'm just like, that is, it's insane. And to be pre- all the, the, all the, the pregnancy stuff, 12 no. times. My grandma too. Also 12. Oh, man. I know. That's a really big thing to ask of a body. It is. And then it's not like it's like, well, now you get to rest and ha- and just <laughs> for Mm-mm. for a while. No, it's like, no. oh, you've got you're the actually the busiest you're ever going to be in your whole life. Get ready. Yes. Never ending. Yeah. Okay. Well, how and- about you? Did you do anything fun? <laughs> Monumental what have I been doing. Uh I mean, you know, since we last talked, it was just summer with my kids. I feel like I had a big bucket list of stuff to do with them, and mm-hmm. I got through probably like a fifth of it. It was like the day before school was starting, and I was like, let's go to a children's museum, because I was like, we didn't do all the things I meant to do. <laughs> Whoops. You just had summer. We had summer. We had a good summer. I mean, yeah, I was thinking back on it. My kids went to a couple little camps. We hadn't even thought about it. The one of the camps they went to was through my younger son's, the preschool he went to last year, which is at a um, UCC slash Presbyterian church. But it wasn't like a church camp. It was just like a camp, you know. Mm-hmm. But I it hadn't even occurred to me. And I asked at one point, I asked my older son went to camp there, too. And I said, oh, do they like talk about God at all? Or is there like and he was like, oh, yeah, we he's, <laughs> he's like <laughs> eye rolling like we. We say this prayer before our smack and we we thank God for and he was trying to remember the prayer and he was like, but when we say God, I more believe in nature. So I just say nature. And I was like, Aww. OK, all right. That's my heart. I love that. Yeah, there is. Our church was doing they do vacation Bible school. And I mean, everything I'd heard about it, it seemed really cool. It's going to be it was mostly actually it was about nature. It's about like animals and Aww. being stewards of the earth and it really wasn't Great. very jesusy and yeah so i was like mac you want to do this and he said um remember i'm not really into the god stuff he said that <laughs> yeah he said that. you have a teenager i know oh he is sometimes sometimes he is and sometimes he's like on my lap you know it's Aww. like that in between age you know I think it comes back to I've talked about this before but like theoretically I really liked the idea of raising my kid not in a not in a catholic church I decided I wasn't going to do that but Mm -hmm. in a church and in a way where I was it was like you know very clear that it's he's allowed to believe whatever he wants ultimately and this is a choice but like giving Mm -hmm. him some framework for thinking about spirituality and thinking about all these big questions. And uh, yeah, I've run into this place with with the older one, at least, where he's seven now, almost eight, where he is really opposed. And I've had to go like, oh, I'm not like I've had to decide. Am I going to push it? Like I could say, like, just go and you can just take away whatever part you want or you don't have to believe it. Right. Yeah. Or I could say, like, you don't even have to go to the stuff. And that is sort of where I've landed. And it is weird. But it hadn't occurred to me that he even at this age, you know, I was right. thinking maybe once I had a teenager, it would be like, yeah, if he knows what he knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not pushing the the religion stuff at all. Um, yeah. Not that I'm particularly religious. I think I've gone. Yeah, to maybe he'll find what he needs. Twice. I think so. I think you will. Plus, kids just have access to so many more ideas and things oh right now. Oh, my goodness. So stuff. Yes. There was a lot of Catholicism that happened in the news while we were on hiatus. Indeed. There was a lot. And then, again, I was, like, out of commission. So I was, like, I feel like I missed a lot. So you're going to have to right. update me on some things. 
I tried to start listing like everything that happened and I was like, this is too much, but I wrote down some highlights for you. At one point I was like looking at Britney stuff thinking it was Catholic and I was like, I'm just looking at Britney news and none of this, <laughs> none of it was like just... Catholic stuff anymore. Do you have anything in particular you want okay, to Okay, well discuss? the first time I like tuned back in and like reached out to text you was over Mr. Shia Le- LaBeouf, LaBeouf, right. LaBeouf. I don't never knew how you pronounced it. Another one of these celebrities turning Catholic, I guess, but I didn't read too much about it. Yeah, so that's when I first I was like, okay, he's f- getting on the Britney train. Everyone's getting Catholic. Everyone's Catholic now. But it was like, it was so much more than that for so many reasons. So first, he's doing a movie about Padre Pio, which do you, you know, we've talked about him a we, little he bit. He has come up one time when we were talking about I don't remember what we're talking about. Guardian Angels, I think. The guys who are talking about Guardian oh, yeah, Angels were he, like, also really into everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you raised knowing about him? No, not at all. Okay, me neither. But apparently he was a big deal. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners were like super raised with like a veneration of him or maybe a hatred okay. of him. I don't know. It's weird. He's like, he's loony. In my opinion, I'm sure that's disrespectful to people who venerate him, but feels real loony. So they're doing yeah. a movie about him. Shia is playing him, I believe. Oh, okay. I think that's right. He's in the movie. I can't imagine he would take another part. And I don't know if Mel Gibson is attached to it. Most likely. Probably he's directing it. <laughs> Mel Gibson introduced Mr. Le- LeBeouf to Latin Mass. Oh, no. And now he's like, I'm super into Catholicism, but only the Latin mass version. So now the like Latin mass conservatives are like, hell yeah. Well, they don't say that. But yes, they're very into this whole thing. And he's talking about, oh, why it's it's so important. And it's it, it's just all kinds of ick all over it. Just an icky feeling like He's talking about like trembling and fear and how it makes him feel humble. And it's basically every, all the like sort of domineering, oppressive feelings that it kind of wants to have, it had on Mm -hmm. him and he enjoys that. Listen, he's allowed to be into what he's into, but. This is true. That the, there's some problematic stuff Mm -hmm. having to do with the conservative Catholic movement that is cheering on Latin mass. Also, the whole Latin mass thing is so weird because, like, Jesus didn't speak Latin. Like, it came later. Yeah. It's not. It's the true way. It's not like you're even trying to say, like, it's not like Aramaic mass or something where you at least can be like, well, I feel like we're getting back to the. I mean, not that we have, like, the original scriptures and they were even written way after Jesus died. But, you know, like, you feel like you're getting back to something from the beginning of it. I could sort of see that. But this isn't even from the beginning. No. It's from, like, way later. Yeah. It's a completely a made up thing. Reminds me of like, <laughs> I've never thought of it this way before, but like reminds me of like the paleo diet people. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is the true way that we're supposed to be. But you're really just like choosing something because you're choosing like a certain moment. I understand the desire to feel like th- things will be better. I'll feel happier. Things will feel correct if we go to like the old way. Like people had the right idea and we've lost it with modern technology or whatever but it often you're just kind of cherry picking something because humans developed in lots of different ways and there have always been lots of different I don't know it's just it's an odd thing it's it's like wanting to get back to the roots but it never really is it's always you're just choosing one place in time and it right 
And Padre Pio, for those who may have missed our reference before and who do not know what we're talking about, he's somebody who apparently like experienced stigmata, but then they found out he may have been burning himself with acid. Right. He thought he was talking to saints. He may there might be sexual scandals involved. Probably. I was reading a little bit more about it in preparation for this podcast. I thought he slept with two women a week. It's someone was I don't know. I didn't go very deeply into it. There's popes hated him, loved him, canonized him. Then we're like, we regret it. But then we don't regret it. It's because there's so many people who are behind him. Right. Because he kind of had his like own following at one point where the church was kind of like, oh, this is too much. Yeah. Like there's a cult following. Not a cult. Maybe not a cult. But like he had his own. Cult-esque. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's who Shia is playing. Mel Gibson's a fan. And they both love their Latin mass. And if you don't know ML Gibson's problematic, that probably would just take a whole other podcast at this point. <laughs> but we'll have to. He does love the violent end of the Catholic spectrum. Oh yeah, if you look at his movies. All the, all the, the gore and the. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I mean, I've got a, a, one other thing, I suppose. Oh, go ahead. Okay, did you? There was an an article about Father Mike. Oh um, no, that's the. The YouTube slash podcast personality, right? With yes, very handsome priest, very handsome, probably a spray tan and some a lot of hair products. He's got a big following. Yep, hair product. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The New York Times did a piece with him. Yes, he's got a very chiseled jaw, a very hip haircut. Man, why is the New York Times so into Catholicism lately? They just are having a moment. All, them and Slate. I don't know. Everyone's really into it. But they interviewed him and they're like, uh, the he says, theocracy is not the way. So listen to Father Mike, basically. It, it's a really interesting article because it, it does a lot of this thing uh, or he the way he talks about stuff is like, it's so close to getting me to feel like, oh, okay, Catholicism. And then it like doesn't and the whole conversation i think a lapsed person can really feel the interviewers not i don't know doubt david marchese marchese is the the writer i don't know what his faith is but it reads like somebody who's lapsed takes one to no one sometimes yeah just like i you keep talking about having heart and wanting to accept all people. So help me figure out how you square that with like what they say about gay people. And Mm -hmm. the answers are like so close to being (laughs) heartwarming. (laughs) And they just so close. The interviewer is like, yeah, but really you're not quite answering the question. Can you give me a more definitive answer? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't let him off the hook. So I just find it a very good read. Ew. He talked a lot about the problem being that the Catholic church isn't letting young people ask their questions. It keeps shoving answers to them. Mm. And so a lot of it is about letting people have questions and meeting people where they are. And it almost read a little bit like good parenting advice, mm. which I found to be, interesting a nice little article for for lapsed peoples and why theocracy should not be the way america is headed even from popular priests do not well, believe this that's so good news yeah that's good news there you go great well 
stuff. Uh oh. Two pro fancies things. One that I almost texted you, and I I can't remember mm. if you had had the baby or not, but I decided to just leave it alone. <laughs> Puff post. Pope Francis says he may think about stepping aside. I thought I saw something about that. And I was like, we just talked about how that couldn't possibly be. We were talking about how it was all conspiracy theorists who don't like Pope Francis, who were trying to read into some weird esoteric stuff to say that Pope Francis was going to step down. And we were like, no, we won't. And then Pope Francis says he may, quote, think about stepping aside. I they have a quote from him that he says, it's not strange. It's not a catastrophe. You can change the Pope. Yes. <laughs> He says, and again, this is very like, just give us an answer. He said, quote, the door is open. It's another thing he said. And that there's nothing wrong with the Pope stepping down. He's 85. You know, he's been having health issues. He's been, he is in a hey, That's the now. age, I think, where you're allowed to run for president in this country. <laughs> I know, so. right? <laughs> so. Yeah, he, I think it's interesting. Uh, maybe he's decided, maybe he hasn't. It just sounds like he's kind of opening you know, I think it makes sense to feel like if you're losing your faculties, you wouldn't want to continue to be in this kind of role. I appreciate that, being 85 years old and being like, I don't need to do this till I die if I start to feel like I can't fulfill the role. Mm-hmm. Yes. Physically or mentally. I get it. I appreciate that. Yeah. But it's just going to all his detractors now or all the weirdos who with conspiracy theories are going to be like see see we told you yeah and you know in general as much as we find well i'll get into another some other stuff that is francis can be super problematic but when you're looking at the church overall i feel like he's headed in that right let it in a little bit in the correct direction slightly so what could possibly happen next I don't know. I guess I guess it's Pope Watch now. We're going to wait and see what happens. It would be weird, but what are we going to have? Two living past popes? We're going to have three popes alive? So it would be crazy. That can't have ever happened before, right? No. Because you're pope for life. You're just not working pope, right? I think so. I mean, God decides what God decides, I guess. That's what they think. Yeah. I guess he has said it's never say never, basically. Okay. The other thing, the thing that felt very big, that it felt weird that we were not talking about it when it was happening because we were not in our season was not happening, was um, the Pope on this sort of apology tour in Canada. Yes. Yeah. So that happened. When did that happen? In June or early July? Tell me more. I mean, essentially, the Pope went to Canada on this sort of apology tour and met with a lot of indigenous Canadians, First Nations peoples. That's the the term that they use in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of him saying, you know, he's I'm deeply sorry. I humbly beg forgiveness for the evil committed by so many Christians. That's got to be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. So listen, no, no group of people is a monolith. And this is totally one of those things where I'm like, it's really my job to just sit back and like, listen, I don't get to have any opinion about this. It seemed to mean a lot to some people, especially older people, I think especially older people who were impacted by the schools. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of criticism of still not fully taking accountability, still speaking in these ways of like where he's sort of distancing the church. Um, and, you know, I saw this quote from, um, this is an MSNBC opinion piece from 
Anthea Butler, says the Canadian government has pledged $40 billion to the First Nations people for its role in the abuse that happened at those schools. But the Catholic Church, which pledged in 2006 to raise $25 million to be paid to su- survivors of abuse in Catholic-run residential schools, has paid out less than $4 million. Mm. So they're still not totally putting their money where their mouth is. You know, there. I think the image that came out was there was this elder, I don't know their tribal affiliation, who put a feather, like, headpiece on the Pope. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing that, I mean, I don't know what one does in that situation, frankly. It's not like you're going to not accept something, but I think a lot of, I saw a lot of Indigenous people feeling very hurt by that image. Right. Because that was not something they agreed should have happened. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is in the spaces, even in like progressive Catholic spaces and social media, I mostly saw Catholics saying like, oh, this is so great. This is so great. Catholic saying it. Yes. Even progressive Catholic, Uh people who follow these progressive Catholic, you know, Mm -hmm. like accounts. I didn't see a lot of like, I think a lot of people are not, a lot of Catholics and a lot of non-Indigenous people are not necessarily listening to Indigenous voices in terms of what (laughs) i know (laughs) surprise surprise Uh, there's also something there's something the doctrine of discovery i kept seeing this i like the way that sounds well it's a negative thing (laughs) i figured it would be that sounds very nasa e so this is according to cornell law it's a principle in public international law under which when a nation discovers land, it directly acquires rights on this land. Dang it. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So it it's kind of like manifest destiny. <laughs> this idea that, yeah, that, you know, Westerners could sort of claim this land that they found. And I guess the Catholic Church and other Christian churches have officially st- stood by this doctrine of discovery. And the Catholic Church has never officially renounced renounced that. Um, it sort of exists still as part of the canon, as I understand it. Yeah, I feel like if they were to start doing that, you know, it'd be hard to figure out where to stop. I mean, I think they should renounce it, but I could, I could see why they might be hesitant to um, from their point of view. Right. I think it's like you're saying, like, once you open the gates, when you actually acknowledge harm caused, then you actually have to think about what reparations looks like. Right. And they're like, are we ready to do that work? Do we want to do that work? No, we don't. Keep yeah. it closed. Yeah. Yep. So whew, we need to have a Pope <laughs> a lot longer serving to get some of this stuff done. Yeah, I know, right? We're going to keep getting these guys for a couple years. And the way things go, I just feel like after Francis is probably going to be someone conservative because so many people feel like. It always swings back. Yeah. And he's just slightly progressive i mean he's i wouldn't even call him progressive by most standards but by catholic standards i guess pretty moderate yeah yeah exactly what when did he become pope exactly uh uh march 13th 2013 Uh aha almost 10 yeah that's the year i got married (laughs) wow yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I kind of remember that. I kind of remember when that all happened. To change an institution the size of the Catholic Church, you're going to need more than 10 years. <laughs> that is for sure. That uh, is 2,000-ish year institution. I think it'll take some time. Mm-hmm. Now, since we last met, is that when Pelosi now doesn't get communion? Is that a new thing? Did that happen after but we stopped oh. meeting? 
I know the bishops are just on fire. Oh, with saying that she shouldn't get communion? I heard that. I don't even remember when it happened. Oh, yeah. Well, in late June, she received communion at the Vatican. That's right. But her archbishop refused it. But then she went to the Vatican, which I kind she's, of think is a boss move. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll go straight to the, the head. Honcho. She went. She did. She went straight to the Pope. She met the Pope. Okay, that's what that happened. That's like when someone pisses you off. And so you CC like the CEO of the entire company. Yes. It's sort of what she did. She went straight to the top, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, you had said that you felt like everything, like now that we started this podcast, everything is Catholic, like the crossword puzzles and. Uh, constantly in my crossword puzzles. It haunts me. <laughs> I have been noticing a delightful number of Catholic references in pop culture and in like things I've been watching. Like shows and things. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the new A League of Their Own? Not yet. Oh my gosh, Steph. When you are up with your baby looking for something to keep you awake, you'll fly through it. It's so, so good. You're going to love it. I love the movie. Okay. Yeah. So my husband did not remember the movie very well because he just saw it once like a normal person, not like oh. 17 <laughs> times or whatever that I've seen it. Yeah, that's my direct record. <laughs> so, so we watched it in preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, it holds up and it doesn't. It's got I'm sure. some problematic stuff. But then we watched the new series, which for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It is not just a remake of the movie. It takes on the same subject matter, but they're looking primarily a lot at queer women and black women at the time. That's what I heard. Yeah. But it references the movie in these ways that it's just so like they bring like somebody does say there's no crying in baseball. Like they just <gasps> they do a nice job of pulling references if you love the movie you will extra love the show great but i was thinking because in the movie there are like catholic references this is why i thought that everyone was kind of catholic like they go to church <laughs> and they go to a catholic church in the they movie go to church in the movie that's right yes and madonna goes into confession and the priest comes out like sweating so good so in the i don't even want to spoil it for there is a there may be in this new season a queer love scene between two women that might take place at a uh, convent I know so you know I think this is a thing I feel like this is a theme like in uh, popular culture this sort of thing of like a kind of a joke of like Catholicism and sex or like anything to do with sex and also to do like in a church, like mm -hmm. in a Catholic church, Catholicism is seen as sort of like the, the, I don't know, the anti-sex <laughs> symbol. <Yeah. laughs> and so that is seen as like a getting the audience to laugh and also clutch their pearls a little bit. Yeah. Kind of a trope. So I also watched a new sh a Netflix show called Mo, which is, a, it's a comedian, Mohammed Amr's um, show. And he is Palestinian-American. Um, it's kind of based on his life. Mm -hmm. But there's this lovely thing where he is dating this Mexican-American Catholic woman. And there is a great scene where he, he needs a therapist and his girlfriend drags him to a church to a confessional. Like, so we do. There. <laughs> I know. There exactly. And it's, I would say it's a lovely scene of like, it's what we would hope the Catholic church would be. Aww. And maybe some priests are, right? Of... Of maybe of a priest actually being helpful in that situation, even though it's not really how confession maybe works in real life. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, even like I was watching Making the Cut on Amazon, which is I don't know that one. Tim Gunn and Heidi. Oh, it's their new. It's like Project Runway, but it's their new one on a different network. Uh huh. So it's fashion designers competing, and the group had to do a group fashion show with a theme, and the theme they chose was mob funeral. <laughs> Italian mob funeral and it ended up like the most Catholic looking fashion show I've ever seen. There were there were rosaries, there was a priest collar. It was so Catholic, so Vatican. Catholicism is hot right now, I guess. Okay, so speaking of that, I would say like the most Catholic thing I did on our break is I need to know. <laughs> following the greedy peasant account oh, on my Instagram. My goodness. We love the greedy peasant. I was watching some of the videos while I was in labor, like the early part of my labor, because I just, <laughs> there were two things I started turning, I turned on. One was the his videos and the other one was the videos of- On Instagram, right? Yes, because I don't have TikTok. Folks can go to Instagram if they want the greedy peasant or TikTok. I think he's on both. Yeah. The other one was watching Joni Mitchell sing at the Newport Folk Festival, which- Wonderful. Also wonderful. Perfect thing. We were watching yeah. the same things, but I was not in labor. You were. I was like, hu- I hunched over my bed grunting. Um, but but the greedy peasant, I was like, so many things I go, that's funny when I'm alone. When I'm with people, I laugh more. But when I'm alone, I, sure. I don't tend to laugh out loud. He makes me laugh out loud and he gives me so much joy. And now, yes, it's more about being medieval than Catholic, I suppose. I attach to as the there's, he's like oh. it's like being a monk, a peasant, monk peasant person. Yeah, in medieval Europe, the the constant tassels, <laughs> all the tassels, right. all the it's a lot of like saint icon imagery. There's weird. Oh, there's tons of Catholic references. Oh, it's all very Catholic, but I'm like it's also you know I could be anything. It could be just medieval because he's doing cemeteries now for September. I'm gonna plug him to till the cows come home because i'm obsessed we have no affiliation although putting it out into the our lapsed catholic universe if uh if if the greedy peasant wanted to come on on our podcast we wouldn't be mad about it if you just need a jolt of joy in this dwindling sunlight of our of our year i suppose (laughs) please yes because that if if you were raised catholic I don't know that if you came to Catholicism later, you would enjoy it as much. But if you were raised Catholic and know these churches. Yeah. Or if you're any kind of like medieval art stand. That's the other thing. Yeah. Because it's very medieval art and medieval aesthetic costuming. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. It's it's wonderful. It can almost smell the frankincense when I watch <laughs> it. And I'm like, it's all I needed. I felt like I it's went like to church. A, I'm good. It's a combination of things I didn't know I needed. Like it's right. It's like cost. It's I love costume. It feels theatrical. It's Catholic. It's medieval. It's silly also. And just mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It's a little academic at times. It's the best. It's perfect. Yeah. So you need I a little Catholic fix. Yeah, every Get time it. I watch those, I think I, I go to like the videos and I see that you've already liked them. Hey, I'm in my little nursing chair all the time. I got one hand free. It is, true. It is true. I remember, I have noticed that. I remember like noticing what years ago, like my cousin was liking a lot of my Instagram posts. I was like, oh, right. She has a, ba- she has a new baby. She's got this. She's got one phone and one hand on a baby, one hand on a phone. Got. And she's there. And you're trying not to fall asleep. So you're interacting with people on your phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of interacting, <laughs> you should interact with us, listeners. 
You should. We actually have a call that <gasps> I want to play. Yay! Hi, this is Karen. Um, I just found your podcast. I'm a black, uh, lap Catholic. Send my daughter to get Catholic school, but that's a whole other conversation. I really enjoy your podcast. Just finished listening to uh, the Catholic Messenger. It was very intriguing. It was my second episode that I listened to um, on your podcast, and I'm really enjoying your show. Keep doing the great work, and also with you. Take care. I'm also with you, Karen. Yes, also with you, Karen. That was so delightful. This is why this is why I'm so glad we have a phone line now because we get really lovely emails from people and it is very heartwarming whenever I think about the fact that people do listen and we have built some community and engagement through this podcast. But hearing people's voice is just there's something special about it. Right? Yes, I really appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. So- Thank you for calling, Karen. And um, yeah, she referenced Nate's episode, which was great. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this, you know, Steph, you and I had the rare moment where we talked while not recording ourselves recently. We rarely do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than texting, I guess. You brought up a very good point. You know, this is our, our second season. We're thinking about what we wanted to be. Or last season, I feel like we were just sort of building the car as we drove it. Mm-hmm. We had such amazing guests last season. Hopefully we'll do that. Hopefully we'll still have some that are just you and me. And we'll hopefully have a lot of great guests if folks out there want to recommend someone or want to be a guest, feel free to reach out. But you made a good point that I've been thinking about is like for a show called Lapsed that's about growing up Catholic, most of our guests were not lapsed and did not grow up Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) But they were interesting. Very. They were people who were interesting to us as lapsed Catholics. Like, I think it Correct. is interesting to someone like someone like Father Anne who became Catholic later in life and now is a woman priest. Like, that's super fascinating to me as a lapsed Catholic. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it is funny that that happened. Just, I was just an observation. <laughs> it was. So yeah, maybe the goal of having more lapsed Catholics on this uh, this season. Well, I'd love to yeah hear more uh, varied experiences from the Catholic school world, from the CC. I'd like to get a couple more CCD people up in this house is what I'd like to get. CCD represent. I feel very lonely currently. <laughs> We've not had anybody else who went to CCD on this show. <gasps> oh, you might be. I think you're right. We haven't had anyone else to CCD. Kay went to Catholic school. My- Matthew went to Catholic school. I don't, have a- oh, I'm sorry, Steph. I need some CCD brothers and sisters and non-binary folks in crime. <laughs> CCD folks, if you feel like you have something to say, please, please. reach out. <laughs> I know it was only once a week and you probably don't remember anything, but please. You blocked it all out. It's, yeah. That is funny. Yeah, but I'm excited to, to dive into the next next season. The, the summer break made sense for both of us, but I'm glad to be back. Just want to say that we're looking towards launching a Patreon. And so I am putting, we're going to start looking into what that would mean for us. So if there are things that you would be interested in, we would love to hear from you on that front as well. Yeah, that is something possibly in the works. I want to continue to be able to do this. The research is in the works. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a while. We're a little slow moving, like the Catholic Church. (laughs) I'm going to use that now. Every time I can't get the laundry all put away in one day. I'm like the Catholic Church. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, you can come say goodbye. Oh, it's too far away, huh? We gotta say hi to him. Okay. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I will do some editing, but this episode will probably be full of some little baby noises as it should be. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, um, life, we're, we're having real lives over here. It's real. It's really mm-hmm. happening. Oh my goodness. He's the absolute cutest. I think so. Listen, I understand why Catholics love babies so much. They're great. It's just, I mean, you know, yeah, keep but one crying. is a lot. One is a handful. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Never stop bouncing on your yoga mom, mom. <laughs> All right. Well, our special collection, our uh, virtual collection this week, I thought we'd do the National Network of Abortion Funds again. Well, yes. And we'll add Planned Parenthood to that. Um, those needs, sadly, did not go away over summer. Uh, a lot of those laws took effect over summer that are going to impact people. So Yes. And I'm going to let you go and uh, <laughs> wrangle this little adorable guy. Run out of time. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, Steph and Xavier, also with you. And also with you, Anne. Now you have nothing to say. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay.